do your team workshops deliver the results you hope for? What if you could keep momentum of your meetings and get everyone to follow up even weeks later? My name is Miriam Hatness, and it's my mission to help you deliver workshops that drive sustainable results. My guests are professional facilitators, trainers, and coaches with whom I discuss best practices and explore why workshops work. Hey, Christopher, good to have you here. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for doing this um, and being my guinea pig for the second episode. Sure, yeah. It was, how long have we known each other? Maybe over almost a year. I think it's longer than that now. I think it's uh, I think it's fifteen months. True, because yeah. it was when I just arrived to Amsterdam. Yeah, and a common friend told me that I should talk to you as a source of inspiration and potential mentor. Yeah, and luckily you became both. Yeah, exactly. My guinea pig. Yeah. And I thought that it would be so nice if you're not only a source of inspiration mentor to me, but also to my future podcast audience. Yeah, sure. So um, you're a storyteller. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> Tell me what a storyteller is. What is a storyteller? Yeah, um, basically what I help people do is create narratives which help them grow. And often these are businesses or uh, entrepreneurs or people who are wishing to have the wish to, to create impact in some kind of way and don't have the right words or media in order to bring that message across, right? So a lot of the, the, the things we wish to achieve uh, are, are very emotional and uh, can't really put, be put into words really easily and... Uh, Yeah, I have some methods and learnings which I can help um, people craft those stories, mm -hmm. which will help them, as a result, grow. Yeah, because so. usually we, especially when we think of ourselves, we don't find the real words. So only when we speak them out, sure. we have someone to listen to them and then to translate them maybe into a more deeper meaning. Yeah. This definitely helps us to see our story also clearer. Yeah. And the last year, I think you were busy creating story sprints. Story sprints, yeah, sure. Um, yeah. And I was totally fascinated to see how you went along and um, what you also shared with your followers on social media. Yeah. And I was wondering how you or what you learned from being a storyteller to plan and create these story sprints that are basically a sequence of workshops um, with which you help, correct me if I'm wrong, um, companies or entrepreneurs to create their story around their brands. Yeah. So what did you learn from storytelling about the planning and interaction? Yeah. So basically the, the story sprint um, came about in the first place to have a method which is scalable and which I could teach other people in order to come up with um, the elements uh, which then would, uh, you know, be pieces of the puzzle for their story. Um, so how did I go about in designing that was really with, um, with the end in mind. So basically mm -hmm. I, I, I know what creates a compelling story. Mm -hmm. And uh, from a business perspective, those are three very important elements. One is the value, you know, the product which you which you sell or mm -hmm. service which you, mm -hmm. you share. 
um, it's it's your audience and, and um, being able to empathize with them, and then it's you, you know. Mm-hmm. So your vision, your your journey, your 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 mission. It's uh, you know, it's often uh, if you, if you ask uh, businesses uh, to their vision or their mission statements mm-hmm. or their values, right? They they often don't really inspire action or. Um, because we are so focused on our elevator pitch sure. and just to copy and to use the words that are hyped and that we hear from others. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's difficult to find our own words, right? Exactly. And uh, those, uh, and, and our own words don't necessarily connect with your audience on an emotional level, which is, uh, which sucks. <laughs> But that's, that's also which makes it very hard, right? So often when you meet entrepreneurs, I mean, you might have the same thing. When you create your website or uh, create your own elevator pitch or your summary on LinkedIn or even design your uh, your sales uh, conversation for your first client, uh, you need to think about what you're going to say, why, and how you're going to inspire them to mm-hmm. either join your cause, buy your product, or uh, start a relationship, right? And it needs to be authentic, right? It mm-hmm. needs to be very part of... Of you, it needs to be you. You can't be completely altruistic mm-hmm. because if you're completely altruistic, you'll lose yourself at some point. Mm-hmm. Because you're not an entrepreneur. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> uh, or you will always be guided by what the customer wants. Mm-hmm. And um, but it does need to resonate with them, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it does need to resonate with your with your audience, and um, that's where you need to understand them. Mm-hmm. Have a, a full, also on an emotional level. Uh, understanding of what resonates with them, why, what their goals are, what their journey is, what they're trying to achieve, mm-hmm. and um, and from there you need to um, uh, well craft a compelling story which will will bridge that gap. And um, what I've what I've designed is a because your question was how do you come up with. Um, How do you come up with, uh, uh, or how do you design your workshop around uh, around that? Is I I know these three elements are very important in in creating a, a story. So uh, we need to make some. We need to uh, design <laughs> the story. We need to um, make some decisions mm-hmm. because often what we need to do is. Uh, um, minimize the amount of words and what are you leaving out yes yes so we need to make a lot of decisions what what is true important to your to your core story and then we need to think about okay um, how we're gonna you know what what media we're gonna use and and why and how we're gonna uh, what's the most efficient and most powerful way to make impact with your audience Mm -hmm. and from there you know once you know that you can say okay um, well we need to uh, a part of a good story for example is some conflict right mm-hmm. what, what problem are you trying to solve or what shift is there in the market um, what trends do you see right mm-hmm. and um, sorry to interrupt but when you just said conflict I thought that it's interesting because to really come to the core of our identity and the brand and the story around our brand has a lot to do with identity right? yeah. so there is very often a conflict, especially when it's a team, it's a, it's a friction mm-hmm. about, um, different extremes about our passion and, um, 
maybe our skills and what the audience wants and what we want to do. So how do you create the safe space in order to really get to the core of what your client wants and needs and also to really identify what the essence is that you want to create the story around? Yeah. So um, what 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 we do during the story sprint, what, what is nice is that um, these people know each other and they're trusted with one another already. So um, uh, before going into the sprint, I have a, a one hour interview with each one of them mm -hmm. so that we... Um, with each team member. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we, I get to know um, a bit more uh, of what they do, how they contribute to the business, how they... Um, Uh, how they see the, the, the future, where, where, where they see basically their vision of where they want, want the business to go, right? Mm -hmm. And um, also, uh, so, so I try to, to connect with them um, before so that they trust me as a facilitator as well, right? So they, mm -hmm. they're able to, to share, right? So that the, the atmosphere is good. And then um, all the exercises I, uh, I do um, have... I, I, I give a bit of power to the decision maker, mm -hmm. right? So what I um, often do is um, the exercise note and vote. I'm not sure if you uh, mm -hmm. know that one. But basically um, uh, it starts with, when, for example, if we need to come up with uh, um, a sentence uh, of their vision, for example, Or if we need to come up with uh, a specific, doesn't really matter what it is, a specific piece of the puzzle which we're trying to solve. Mm -hmm. uh, I start with individual brainstorming mm -hmm. so that people are, aren't influencing by each other's ideas. So it's in silence that yeah. everyone does yeah. an individual it's a, it's a silent brainstorm. And then um, what we do is we... Um, uh, then share those ideas on, on a wall uh, or next to a, a big brown paper. Um, the the first thing which you do need to do is you need to pitch your idea. So why did you write that down? Mm -hmm. um, and the only thing people can do is ask um, questions to make the, um, you know, um, to make sure that everything is really clear. So you can't give critique yet, but you can just ask questions mm -hmm. if it's not clear. And then later what we do is um, we vote. So I have these sticker dots. Ah, the democracy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, then we, we make a heat map of uh, all the good ideas. We discuss them. And I give the uh, decision maker, uh, I give a super vote. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, so basically uh, that, that either counts for two or for ten, depending on the ego. <laughs> or um, uh, also on the... No, it doesn't depend on the ego. It, it, it depends on um, the amount, the stakes, I guess. Mm -hmm. So how do you then deal with the question? So if I imagine it right, you would ask a question or you give a topic of the brainstorm. Yeah. For instance, what is our brand about? Sure. Yeah. And then everyone writes down as many ideas as he or she can have. Yeah. And you put them on a the wall and then you would ask clarifying questions mm -hmm. about each individual's brainstorm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So if, if it's like, uh, because uh, if you're talking about identity, it's very clear, mm -hmm. right? But if you're talking about trends, mm -hmm. for example, it can, you know, go all, <laughs> all the way, right? So sometimes you want to just make sure that we're really clear on what the person wrote down. 
Um, so we could either cluster them mm-hmm. if uh, if that's uh, if, if the same idea or uh, yeah yeah and also to make sure that you understand the same thing by using the same word sure. because I realized that very often we are using the same word we believe that we are talking about the same thing yeah and only by the end of the conversation we actually <laughs> realize that we are talking about two totally <laughs> yeah. different yeah. things yeah okay and then um, so there is no way to build on each other's ideas yet so there's no discussion conversation at that point now okay at that point now um so it, it it's really making sure that every idea is being heard mm-hmm. without uh yeah so often what I, what i yeah so <laughs> what i often visualize when mm-hmm. i'm in a workshop right or facilitating a workshop is that Every participant, and this may be super silly, but anyway, I'm going to say it anyway. It's I see every pr- participant's head as a little vol- volcano, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so they they need to come up with uh, they need to be activated, right? <laughs> so you need to make sure you 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 you, you, you yeah exactly yeah and you, you need to make sure that people are uh, fed and that they have you know the, the right amount of energy in order for those ideas to come out. Um, sometimes in discussions, they can be pretty heated, right? Mm-hmm. Some volcanoes yes. are bigger than others, right? <laughs> yes. and, um, and you don't want one volcano to burn the whole room. Mm-hmm. So you need mechanics in order to get, get a controlled heat from every brain, I guess, mm-hmm. from every volcano. Um, so what I what I often like to do is make sure that I... I uh, make sure everybody's being heard with their uh, ideas or their contribution. And I do believe in the power of contributing to each other's ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but but that really depends on the, the question we're trying to solve. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need to brainstorm, come up with inspiration or ideas, or you need to design a process. Mm-hmm. And then building on each other's ideas is pretty good. But sometimes you also need to make a decision. Yes. And for decision making, other mechanics sometimes are better. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure, you can. Sometimes you need to convince each other. Um, but um, making decisions is probably the hardest thing to do in a in a debate. Um, also, depending on the amount of people who are involved. Sometimes, if you're in a, if you need to make a decision with six people. You're gonna easily lose an hour if you're um, if you're just using words, yes. right? Because people are also uh, really they they want to make sure. Yeah, I'm not sure that every person knows how to listen, <laughs> right? Yes, <laughs> especially if you're not used to listening, and especially if you have some emotions involved. Sure, involved. yeah. Because the more you are um, passionate about the topic, the more you believe that your own point of view is right the less your mental power will be for uh, the less mental power you actually have for listening yeah, yeah. to some someone else's idea yeah and i wonder to what extent it's important also to define so if a decision needs to be made isn't it important also to define from the beginning how and by whom this decision is going to be made i i, I worked in this um multinational environment 
in Luxembourg. And it was quite interesting to see how, um, the different cultures mm -hmm. and how the culture shapes expectations, especially when it comes to decision making. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, in Germany, we are used to all sit around a table to discuss so that everyone is heard. And at the end, the boss takes a decision and that's it. Yeah. But we're happy and we acknowledge that we've been heard. Yeah. In France, as I learned, um, the leadership team or the boss just takes a decision by him or herself. Yeah. Um, and there's no such thing as a round table to discuss the issue beforehand. So once the German boss came into this new environment, mostly uh, with French yeah. colleagues, they were all happy that they could sit around the leadership table sure. and then they expected that they would be part of the decision. Yeah. And a lot of emotions came up, negative emotions, when they realized that actually, yes, they were hurt, but <laughs> the boss didn't actually care about yeah. their opinion. Yeah. Um, so how do you deal with um, making sure that um, everyone is on the same page of how the decision-making is going to be? Very good question. At, at, at this point, I have never been in a situation where... <laughs> where um, You know, I had to do with uh, deal with a lot of different cultures as well. But um, basically, um, so with the, with the note and vote exercise, at at this point, I think a decision was always uh, accepted because people, um, but you know, so basically, what happens is you, you create this heat map with votes. The, the CEO or the founder or the decision maker has uh, a unique vote which shows what he or she finds important mm -hmm. and he only votes after uh, he can only cast his super vote once everybody is voted so he does this last okay this so would he, have been my question yeah so, so he doesn't influence any mm -hmm. other and um Uh, but he, he, he is so he can influence with his his normal votes, right? Mm -hmm. But not with his super vote. And uh, later you have a debate. So who voted on what and why? Mm -hmm. And we see, oh, this has a lot of votes. So we kind of like this. Do we still agree? And then one person would go up and say, no, it's a terrible idea. I like this, and he can, you know, um, come up with a. Um, basically a sort of uh, discussion uh, why uh, he thinks uh, another decision needs to be made. But at least at that point, everybody listens to this person, mm -hmm. he's heard, and then, you know, it, it's not per se true that he or she is right, mm -hmm. right? But then at least it was talked and discussed, and um, we made a conscious choice as a group to say left or right. And then we, uh, we also hear the, the CEO or the, the decision maker to uh, to say why he or she thinks that um, uh, we, need, we need to go a specific route. And often this person has different information, mm -hmm. right? Or different reasons for, mm -hmm. for choosing something. And then he can elaborate on that. Ah, so basically then the heat map and the democracy outcomes actually um, also kick off a, a discussion, a discussion sure. in the yeah. upper level. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and then and then afterwards, I, I and this didn't happen that often, but I have been in a situation where we made a heat map, mm -hmm. had a discussion, and whatever was on the heat map mm -hmm. uh, wasn't the result. Yeah, you know, because but it, it fired a really good conversation, which uh, or, or discussion, which got everybody on the same page, understood each other, yeah. hear each other, and. Um, 
come up with a, a decision which helped them forward. And this uh, makes me think of something that you mentioned um, while we're still yeah. kind of warming up for this uh, recording, that um, what you like to do is to record a kind of in-between summary um, after each exercise you did to make sure that you have the exact wording and a common understanding of the results. Can you just share with the audience? Yeah, so that's precisely that's right what you're, what you're saying. Yeah. So um, what happens during the story sprint is that we come up with a lot of sentences or ideas or words. In some cases, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's really specific uh, ways of formulating an idea, mm -hmm. which is very important and which needs to translate into something in, in, into a conclusion, right? Mm -hmm. So what often is a big problem with um, what I found uh, when I d uh, do workshops is capturing the conclusions or ideas which are being thought about during the, either during the brainstorm or during any exercise. So uh, I think a lot of people facilitating workshops have this problem mm -hmm. that, that with During the workshop, your what I'd like to call motion. Uh, this is an idea I got from James Clear. I'm not sure mm -hmm. if you know him, but oh, yeah. he, he, he basically says um, um, you have this strategy part and the execution part, mm -hmm. and bridging that gap, getting from motion into action, mm -hmm. it's it's pretty it's pretty tough. And during a during a workshop, you're fully thinking about you're strategizing, mm -hmm. right? Or mm -hmm. you're making uh, yeah. So. Um, Theory. Yeah, it's theory. And um, capturing that uh, often is either a thousand post-its mm -hmm. or it's, uh, <laughs> you know, someone who needs to write down every <laughs> thought or conclusion during the sprint or during the, during the workshop or uh, it can become quite intense, right? Mm -hmm. So what I do is I take a recording device and after each um, exercise where I need to capture the uh the conclusions from mm -hmm. i um maybe you can call it a checkout yeah so uh we 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 just uh summarize what we discussed the decisions we made mm -hmm. um if it has to uh, if it's like uh, language specific which needs to be captured i i capture that mm -hmm. so the exact wording um i record that And then basically afterwards, I don't have to worry about writing everything down or go through a thousand post-its mm -hmm. after each workshop. I listen to the recording um, uh, in order to feel the context. And I'll, what I also do is I send this, uh, I create a transcript from it using mm -hmm. a, an online um, tool mm -hmm. where you can just, uh, you know, upload your audio file and you get text back. This is and, so efficient. Yes. And then, yeah, and then you just read through it. You can search it. Mm -hmm. you, and uh, and, I, I, and I use that in basically a product. What, what we create is a, uh, uh, is a book or it could be a website. It mm -hmm. could be anything really. But then I have the exact wordings we used in the workshop, the and words from the CEO or from the client, yeah. which I can just copy paste. And it makes so much sense to me as well to use that because... In a workshop, usually what happens is that everyone gets overly excited. Yeah. And after the day, everyone is quite exhausted still. So I um, like to to compare workshops to parties where the next day yeah. everyone wakes up, yeah. remembers something different yeah. because nobody wants to clean up the mess. Yeah, yeah. So if you have these recordings, then you're sure that you have something that you can 
get back to sure. and that you agreed upon yeah. and that you can work from and also use maybe then for the check-in yeah. um, of the next uh, of the session. next session. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, um, and um, I will put maybe in the show notes uh, the link to the um, to the software that you're yeah, using sure. for yeah. the trust. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Before we continue the show. Let me take a brief moment to thank our sponsor SessionLab. SessionLab.com is an online agenda planning tool that helps me to keep all I need for my workshop planning in one place. The agenda, exercise descriptions, material shopping lists, and all of the templates. No more struggles with Excel for every agenda update or last-minute changes in the schedule. SessionLab offers an easy-to-use drag-and-drop agenda builder a color scheme that gives me an immediate feel on the balance of activities and the option to share a branded document with my clients. And whenever I need inspiration for new exercises or variations, I check the abundant database with hands-on tips and tricks. Or I dive into the session at blog for which I have already contributed myself. So if you're looking for a smooth way to prepare a workshop or meeting agenda that not only looks amazing but also professional, sign up for Session Lab. I use it myself and I wouldn't recommend it if I didn't believe in its value. One thing, one question that I would like to um, still ask is what is the one thing that um, that you always that always works? That is what is the one thing that you would always do in a workshop or in any working session with your client? They're like, okay, that's my Yeah. That's my secret weapon. <laughs> so um, one exercise which I always like to do in order to capture ideas is uh, is the crazy eight exercise. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the crazy, crazy eight. No. No. So the crazy eight is basically a, a, a very high pressure cooker where people need to come up with an idea every. 40 seconds. So basically what you, what you do with the crazy eight is uh, you start with the paper. So it's an A4 paper and you mm -hmm. fold it and you fold it again and you fold mm -hmm. it again. Mm -hmm. And what happens is you have eight different squares where you can capture ideas. Mm -hmm. And um, what people need to do is they, um, they get 30 seconds to, to uh, capture one idea mm -hmm. per, um, per square. Right? Per section. And then after 30 seconds, they get 10 seconds transition time to go to the next one. Mm -hmm. And uh, this goes automatic. So it's, it's, it's really um, a high pressure way of making sure every idea or thought for the specific problem we're trying to solve mm -hmm. is being scraped from the brain. Mm -hmm. Because often what happens is the first ideas Those are the obvious ones, right? Mm -hmm. The solutions we already thought of the day before mm -hmm. coming into the workshop. Mm -hmm. And then you have to come up with something new. So often what people do is they, they look at their ideas and they think, oh, maybe I can remix it a bit mm -hmm. or change it up a bit. And they come up with some more creative ideas. Mm -hmm. And then after eight, um, uh, eight of these uh, uh, ideas, they have a full paper of where the... Two ideas are crap, <laughs> uh, and three are okay, and you know the rest are uh, old ideas, right? And then what happens is then I said, okay, guys, it was all good. We're gonna fold the paper, fold mm -hmm. it again, and fold it again, and then we're gonna do it another time. And it makes sure that people, it, you know, depending on the uh, the problem at hand, you just capture every idea with people 
having their little volcano in their head, right? <laughs> <laughs> Make sure that all the ideas are out there and that not uh, two days after the workshop or after the, yeah. the brainstorm, people say, ah, oh, actually we should do this, you know, <laughs> where the whole workshop was going to waste, right? And this is silent again. Yeah. So, so the, you yeah. have a lot of silent volcanoes. And I'm just pointing this out because it's so funny because my workshops usually are the total opposite. Really? So it's very loud and everyone is supposed to shout wow, out yeah, their ideas. Yeah. So not introvert friendly, I would say. No, so no, experimenting yeah. for, with yeah. introvert friendly exercise. So this yeah. is so, so, inspiring. Yeah, I, I often really like to start uh, introvert or <laughs> start uh, starting your own brain mm -hmm. and then share and build upon because yeah. what often happens after the crazy eight is you have a ton of good ideas mm -hmm. and then you uh, the next exercise is about building up each other's ideas mm -hmm. so basically what uh, what you need to do is uh, what I often do anyway is uh, choose your uh, two best ideas mm -hmm. and you need to give that to your neighbor ah nice and then the yes and approach yeah building up yeah And then nice. you build a, and then you make it better, right? I do this a lot as well. Yeah. And, uh, and you have different variations of mm -hmm. that depending on the context and the amount of participants, right? But, um, and also the, the amount of ideas which you want because, you know, if everybody has 16 ideas, you know, you need to channel in your goals to get one or mm -hmm. two, you know, you need to channel those thoughts. I once, I don't know where I read that, but it was one of those influencers, thought influencers, um, who said, if you have a list of 20 ideas that you would like to pursue, then focus on the top three mm -hmm. and the other, what did I say, 20? Yeah. The other 17, not only throw them away, but commit not to follow any one of them. Yeah. Because these are the ones that will suck your energy yeah. and distract you from the three really good ideas. Yeah. And this might be, I think, the most difficult thing. Yeah. Because we get, what I realize also with myself, that um, I do have my favorite ideas, but then maybe I... I'm insecure, mm -hmm. I'm not so sure, so I try a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Yeah. And then I lose focus and lose track. Yeah. But by committing to really forget and ignore all the rest, mm -hmm. I think that's a good exercise also yeah. to commit with the group. Yeah. Yeah. To stay focused. Yeah. No, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I, yeah, the reason I, I, I chose this is uh, as an exercise which always works. It always works for capturing ideas, mm -hmm. right? And brainstorming. Uh, as well uh, and uh, and what I also often get back is uh, it's a bit of a shock for people to really <laughs> make sure that their their brains are working because it's it's pretty intense yeah you know if, if you have a, a timer with you or you want to try it out really put every 30 seconds um, it, it, it goes really really fast and you have the white page that is exactly the blank page yeah. yes and you yeah. have the silence yeah and I I wonder actually and I will think about it later on the impact of the exercise of folding the paper mm -hmm. folding so it's kind of a ritual that you're creating yeah. so everyone is doing this together yeah and then everyone has the same paper and structure and yeah. whiteness in front yeah. of them. Yeah. And I can imagine that this also creates some sort of togetherness. Yeah. Or so, so also the way I introduce it is always, um, I don't say what we're going to do. I, I say, okay, we're going to, going to fold it. So everybody oh. does this. And then, I'm, uh, then well, when we have like our 
it almost looks like a cartoon page, right? Mm -hmm. Because it has all yes. these squares. Um, you see that in front of you, you know that you need to come up with eight ideas and then that those ideas are going to be on there in the next five minutes. And, um, and that's pretty scary for some people who have no idea what they're going to write down mm -hmm. and uh, just have to trust them, their, their, their own brains to, um, yeah, actually <laughs> put, put down what's already in there because yeah. everybody has ideas, of course, but you don't always have them on top of mind. And if you're really forced to write something down or draw, draw something, no matter the quality of the ideas, eh? because even if one good idea comes out of it, it's, it's perfect. Yeah. It, it did its job. I like what uh, Seth Godin always says, good ideas come from bad ideas as long as there are enough of them. Yeah. And yeah. that's also what I like about the idea that after the crazy eight, crazy eight? Yeah, it's crazy eight, yeah. You start all over again. It's like knowing that you have to produce so many ideas, the relevance of each individual idea becomes less important. Sure, yeah. So um, it becomes kind of an exercise. It's like going to the gym. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's just what you do producing bad ideas. Yeah, yeah. And that's usually how I always introduce my brainstorming sessions. Okay, yeah. good ideas come from bad ideas as long as there are enough of them. Yeah. So give me as many bad ideas as you can think exactly, of. Exactly, yeah. Because something good will yeah. come out of it. Yeah. And usually it's the second last idea that is actually... Pretty becoming, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Coming pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Wow. Yes, yeah. uh, a lot of content already. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite, I will definitely remember that, are the small volcanoes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love the idea. Yeah. And I think there's so much truth and, um, and wisdom in it um, yeah. that you can even dig a little bit deeper <laughs> to yeah. make this um, analogy more complete. Yeah, we'll certainly make a nice cartoon, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> After all this conversation, what is the one thing that you would take, that you would like the listener to take away, the nutshell to take home? Wow. Well, I, I think, uh, you know, people listening to this podcast would probably start facilitating their own workshops as well, right? So, um, you know, what I think is, is really good to know is that I only started facilitating professional workshops uh, <laughs> just not too long ago, right? <laughs> and uh, I consider myself a, as a student. And I think what is always good to know is that um, when while facilitating these workshops, you need to always improve on, um, you know, it, it's never set in stone. It's never finished, right? I, I even... Um, When I find a better way of uh, uh, coming up with a decision or finding a different tool to um, uh, which works better, I'll, I'll choose that. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's no one big recipe for success. It's mm -hmm. a lot of uh, well, uh, build, measure, learn. I guess uh, people are familiar with that, right? So um, yeah, I think I think that that is almost the most important thing. Yeah, and also the mix and match to see what other facilitators are doing, sure. to take whatever makes sense for you to take that out, yeah. to make it your own, Yeah, yeah. Um, and to make something new out of it. Yeah. That's the beauty of 
Yeah, I, I think you really put it well, um, saying that there's, you know, the old way was having a recipe for success, mm -hmm. and now it's just you're in an open kitchen, yeah. and you need to, you know, whenever your product is going to be different, so it, it needs a different recipe, right? It needs a bit of your own flavor, yeah. and uh, all the exercises, even the ones, you know, I, sh I shared today, are just tools and methods which might work for you mm -hmm. and might, you may want to change it and adapt it to, to your own flavor and uh, which, which will make it better. Um, yeah, because it will be your own. Exactly. It will be more authentic. And while our grandmothers have their secret recipes yeah. that they wouldn't share with anyone and we are not living in the same times anymore. No. Today it's, as you said, yeah, it's open kitchen so we share it, we yeah. make it our own, we adapt it, yeah. adjust it, um, and make something beautiful out of yeah. it. Yeah, so I, I guess to sum it up, is different times need different ideas. And yes, I like that. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah, keep it there, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. No worries. Um, before we are closing, um, if someone in the audience wants to reach out to you, wants to know what you're up to, what you're doing, where your creators club is going. We didn't even talk about your creators club. No, I know. I you know. have to come back. <laughs> yeah. Um, how can they find you? Yeah, I mean, uh, if you Google my name, I'll come up. Uh, Christopher Mars. So uh, hit me up on LinkedIn. I guess uh, that's the, the fastest way to reach out to me. Um, otherwise, I'll also have, of course, my website, ChristopherMars.nl. Uh, creatorsclub.nl I'm doing uh, lots of stuff there as well and if you're interested in learning more about the story sprints you go to storysprints.nl and uh, yeah I have all the info out there so uh, perfect so we'll up. put it in the show notes sure and uh, thank you for joining us cool keep in touch thanks Bye. thank you for staying tuned and listening to the show I appreciate your attention as I know how busy you are if you enjoyed it Please subscribe and engage by sharing your comments and thoughts and visit workshops.work to download the one-page summary. I'm looking forward to seeing you back at the next episode and I wish you a fruitful day.